Jesus. If you're to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 6. I do believe God wants to speak to us. You guys that know me have been, been coming for a while, you know. I got up yesterday and I started studying, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have four pages of notes. Yeah, right. I sit down and it just, God just starts pouring things in me, and I've got quite a few more than four pages of notes, so... First Peter 2 and 6, I do believe God has a plan for today. You're not here by accident. You're here by the order of God, and God has a word for you. Amen. First Peter 2 and 6 says, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Of course, that's talking about Jesus Christ. He said, unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. And he is so very precious. But unto them which be, disobedient, to be, uh, which be disobedient, those that don't believe, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient. Those that don't believe, the word of God causes you to stumble, causes you to fall down and question and wonder lots of things and even to be confused. The Bible says, though, it's whereunto also they were appointed to this. He said, but you, you that believe, you are a chosen generation. You are a, pro, a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. Why did God do that in your life? Not so that you could just have mercy and blessing and deliverance and freedom and peace and all, all that in your life. That's a good thing and that's awesome and that's great, but really he did it so that you could show forth his praises, so that he could receive the glory and the honor and all that's deserving unto him because of what he has done done in your life he says dearly beloved I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul having your conversation or your lifestyle honest among the Gentiles the lost that whereas they speak against you as evildoers there's many out there that don't believe and they speak against the church and they've got a lot of hurt and hard, hardness in their hearts. And they say a lot of things against the church. But he said, have your, your conversation, your lifestyle honest among those people. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of salvation. When God's mercy touches their life, they're going to glorify God too. They're going to see what God's done in your life, and they're going to come to believe, and God's going to be glorified through them. 
Ecclesiastes 1 9. Ecclesiastes 1 9. This is Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, the Bible tells us. He makes this statement. He says, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. I want to talk to you for a moment on this thought. The uncommon from the common. The uncommon from the common. If you put your Bibles down, raise your hands one more time. Let's pray. Ask God to prepare your heart. God, in the name of Jesus, we ask, God, that you just manifest your glory in this place. God, that the Holy Ghost minister. God, go before all that we're doing. Let your angels minister in this place. I pray for faith and expectation to grow in our hearts today. I come against every lie of the enemy, every deceitful word of the enemy that would cause us to see ourselves anything less than what you see us as. In the name of Jesus, let your word do a work in our lives today. And we expect it and we thank you for it and we praise you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Why don't you lift your voice one more time? Why don't you shout a praise of triumph unto God? Give him glory. He's worthy. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We glorify you, God, for you are good and you are great. And you will do all that you've ordained for this day. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. You know, life is kind of a funny thing, right? As I get older and older, I, I start to realize that, you know, as kids and as teenagers, we, we want nothing else than to grow up and become adults. We just can't wait to be an adult. We can't wait. We can't wait to get out of school. We can't wait for all this stuff, right? And I, and I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I want to go back and be a teenager or something. Like, that was the life, wasn't it? Mom took care of most of the bills. She washed my clothes for me, you know. She made dinner some of the time, but she bought the food that I got to eat. I was just kind of left to do my thing. I kind of got to do what I wanted most of the time. And we, we think that we have all this, when we're teenagers and young people, we think we got all these worries. We got all this stuff going on and, you know, this stuff that we're, we're focused in on in life and they seem to weigh on us, and man, we're just got all this stuff that we're concerned about, you know. But, you know, the more as I grow older and the more we grow older, we realize that all that stuff that we worried about as teenagers and young people, they really weren't that, it wasn't that big of a deal. It really was not that big of a deal. All that stuff that weighed on my heart and my mind back then, it's, it really was not all that big of a deal. Now we have jobs to worry about <laughs> and house payments and car payments and phone payments. We have spouses. We have spouses. <laughs> and we have children. And we have their futures to worry about. We have a lot more to worry about now, way more than I had to worry about when I was a young man. We got to worry about our relationships with other people who have all these things to worry about also. And life can get crazy, and many times it is kind of crazy. 
And in the midst of all this stuff, in the midst of working and marriage and kids going to school and all the extra stuff they do, in the midst of walking with Jesus and being the church, life somehow becomes kind of mundane and routine to many of us. Even for some of us whose lives are very chaotic, in the chaos, the chaos becomes the mundane. It becomes the routine of our life. It's what becomes common to us. Things may change with seasons and some of the schedules get altered here and there, but life has a way of kind of becoming automatic to most of us. Our days take on patterns that turn into weeks, which become months, and before you know it, there we are, and we're eight months of 2022 already completed, gone. And the years go by quicker and quicker, and now you're about to be 49, and you got a 22-year-old son. And for me, I got a three-year-old son on top of that. You know, you've been married for 14 years now. Amen. Amen. Living in the same house for the last 12 years. And it's almost like we can look at life and, and, and we're like, how did we get here so fast? How did this come about? Like, here I am. 30 years ago, 50 seemed like so very far away. But here it is. It's right around the corner. I'm getting ready to break through the 50, 50, I don't even know, half century mark, man. That seems like the downhill side. Like you jump over 50 and it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's easy to say that when you're 36 or 8 or whatever. You'll be 50 one day, God willing. Uh, and that can happen because... You know, life has a way for many of us to kind of taking on a life of its own, if you will. It, it just kind of becomes automatic. We just do what we do day in and day out. We get into the flow and the routine, and before you know it, here you are, another week, another month, another year gone by. And yes, some good things have happened and even some bad things, but nothing really extraordinary or outstanding. And this happens in the church also. This can happen in the body of Christ. We get comfortable in our prayer lives. We get comfortable attending a life group. We get comfortable serving in a ministry. It's just like we do what we do, and it's what we expect to do week in and week out. And we can get comfortable with God's blessing on our lives and on our families. And that's all good, and that's all great. And I'm thankful that God blesses our lives, and I'm thankful that God blesses our families. I, I thank God that he blesses us, but our walk with God, our being the church can become routine and even mundane. Our being the church can become common to us. This is just what we do and who we are, and so our expectation level kind of plateaus. We want to believe God for miracles, signs, and wonders. We, we want to believe God for greater harvest than we can even imagine. We want to believe God is going to answer our prayers and bring his wayward children home. We want to believe God is going to heal our bodies, minds, and spirits. And so we pray, and the answer doesn't come. And so we pray, and the answer doesn't manifest. And so we pray, and we don't see the results. And our faith... And our expectation becomes capped because the common result now dictates our expectation of God's involvement and movement. 
We come to the front to be prayed for, nothing happens. So the next time we say we believe, but when it's time to get prayed for, we stay back because we just expect what has been the result of the previous prayers to now be the common response of God. We may pray, we may declare, we may say that we believe, but what has become common for so long dictates what we expect from God. What has become common to us now determines the level of faith and expectation that we have for God's ability to move and do what he says he will do. Maybe you guys have never been there. I've been there. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, and if that's me, then praise God. And you know, if we're not careful, if we're not diligent, we can begin to develop a mindset just as King Solomon did that, that he declared in Ecclesiastes 1.9, the thing that hath been is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there's no new thing under the sun. We can develop a mindset that says that, that this is what has been And so it will always be what is. This is what is common in my life, and this is what will always be common in my life, and we can get stuck in the common when God is actually leading and planning for the uncommon in your life. We can get stuck in the common and forget what God has said about us and what he has promised to us in his word in times past, and we can get comfortable in the common instead of crying out for God to do the uncommon that he has promised in our lives and that he has declared over us. Jeremiah 29 and 10, the children of Israel are in captivity. They've been in captivity for the last seven years. And the word of the Lord says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and causing you to return to this place. You're going to be stuck in Babylon for 70 years. You're going into captivity for the next 70 years. For many of God's people, they spent their whole lives in captivity in Babylon. Many of them were born there and they lived their whole lives in captivity. Others went in and they died there. Captivity was all that they knew. Captivity was what was common to them. But God said in verse 11, he said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end that I have for you. I already have an end prepared for your life. Where you find yourself right now, this is not the end of the matter because God said, I have purpose for you. I have a plan for you. And what has become common for you is not what will always be because in verse 12 he says then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek my face and find me when you shall shall search for me with all of your heart and I will be found of you saith the Lord in the midst of the common when you begin to seek for me when you cry out to me, when you search for me with all of your heart, even in the commonplace that you find yourself in, God says, I will be found of you, amen. And I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried captive away from. Hallelujah. We need to remind ourselves that what is common is not all 
always the end of the matter. God has can move in the common of your life. God can move in the captivity and the situation that you find yourself in. And he can do an uncommon thing and bring you out of that and bless your life and do something great through the common. God has planned and ordained for your life to be uncommon. I got a couple yeses and an amen. I pray by the end of this you get a hold of it. God desires for your life to be uncommon. God desires for you to walk as the light of the earth, as a city set upon the hill that everyone sees His glory through you, His glory moving in your life, Him doing great and mighty works through your life, bringing the kingdom of heaven into man and touching the lives of people. That's God's will for your life. And He's not going to do that with us just having a common mindset and a common expectation, but He's going to do it when we say, God, you can do it. God, you're going to do it. God, I believe you're going to do it. You may not have done it yet, but I'm not going to let that dictate my faith, and I'm not going to let that dictate my expectation. God, you're going to do it. You're going to reach my family. You're going to reach this city. You're going to reach the world. Your glory will touch this world, and you can do it with me. Moses, for 40 years after he killed the Egyptian, He's out in the desert wandering around with his father-in-law's sheep. Exodus 3 and 1 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. See, the burning of the bush was a common experience. They were in the middle of a desert. The bush's burning was not a big deal. It happened all the time. The heat and the dryness of the land would cause bushes to combust all the time. What Moses seen uncommon from the common was the fact that the bush was not consumed. The bush didn't get burned up. Moses, in the midst of the common, was still able to recognize the uncommon. And then verse 3, it says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, when the Lord saw that he recognized the uncommon in the common, and not only did Moses see it, but he turned aside and he stepped from the common path to the uncommon God spoke to him, and God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Moses was just doing what was common to him for the last 40 years. He knew everything about how to tend those sheep. He knew everything about that land. He knew every rook, nook and cranny. He knew every water hole. He knew where he could take the sheep and where he couldn't take the sheep. Everything there was common to him. He knew everything about the land. And in the midst of the common, after 40 years of the same, the uncommon reached into the common, and a whole nation was delivered from captivity through that one moment because one man was willing to recognize the uncommon coming from the common because Moses was willing to step from the path of what was comfortable and look into the uncomfortable, look into something new and unknown. God raised up a people through him for his deliverer, a deliverer for his people through him. 
We want the fireworks. <laughs> we want God to show up when we think that he should. But in reality, we may have to go through the common for 40 years until he does something uncommon in our life. So we just have to make sure that we don't get so comfortable in the common that we aren't able to look and to see and be willing to step into the uncommon and recognize it when it comes. You may have been praying the same prayer for the last 40 years. Don't let the common rob you of the uncommon. Don't let the common bind you up and keep you from what God can do and what he will do. Don't let the common cause you to not be willing to see the uncommon when God brings it because he is going to bring it. Amen. His word is true. It's forever settled. He is going to do everything he promised you. Amen. It may not look like you think it's going to and it may not happen when you think it should, but God can reach into the common of your life and he can do the uncommon through you he wants to do the uncommon through you the bible tells us to not get weary and well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not <sighs> hey you may not see it right now but keep doing what you're doing Stay faithful. Stay disciplined. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep walking because in due season, God is going to come into your common life with an uncommon visitation and do something great in your life. In your life. In your life. Hallelujah. God wants to do something uncommon in your life. Not just in the pastor's life, not just in this certain minister's life, not just in these certain people's life, but God wants to do it in your life. God wants to do something uncommon with your life. David, we talk about David all the time. I, I was sitting there and I was like, there's not anything really talked about the, 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 the lineage of Jesse up until David comes along. David's just this dude, he's a kid. Out of the lineage of Jesse, I mean Ruth and Boaz, I know. But they don't even really, I don't know. There's just not much talked about the, the line of, of Jesse. And then here comes uh, Samuel. And he says, I got I to find a new king. And so he, God tells him to go to the house of Jesse. So he goes to the house of Jesse. And he says, where are your sons? They call in the sons. They leave out David. They leave him out. They're, his own father doesn't even call him to the meeting. His brothers don't say, hey, what about little David out there in the field? He should probably be here too, you know. But David's just doing his thing. He's living a common life. Unknown. Out in the field. Nobody's seeing him. Nobody's giving him accolades. Nobody's lifting him up. Nobody's praising him for what he's doing. But God sees him. But God sees him, and God says, I can take this guy right here and his little common life that everybody else has disregarded, and I can reach into this guy's life, and I'm going to put my spirit in him, and he's going to be the greatest king this world has ever known. He's going to be one of the mightiest men this world. Everybody looking at him right then said, that guy can't be nothing. He's just a young kid. He's nobody. He can't do anything except take care of the sheep. And God said, I got something greater for him. Hallelujah. I'm going to reach into the common of his life, and I'm going to do something uncommon, and it's going to change all of history. And God can do that with you. God can do that with you. You need to believe that. You need to understand, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. God can do it. And he don't 
don't even just can. He wants to. He wants to. Because there's a world that needs a church. I tell you, Lord. There's a world that needs a people. There were many kings after David. Some were good and did great things for God and his people. Most weren't. <laughs> there are many reasons for this in many different situations with the kings after David. It started with his own son, Solomon. He started picking up wives from the people around him. And next thing you know, he's worshiping their gods and entertaining their stuff. He's the one that said there's nothing new under the sun. Everything is common and will always be common was his mindset and outlook. And he became comfortable in the common and quit expecting the uncommon. And he fell into idol worship with pagan wives. And since he wasn't expecting the uncommon anymore, he had to find all types and manner of things to bring himself fulfillment. And for many kings after him, they would worship and serve other gods. Could it be, this is just me, could it be that they allowed the uncommon to become common to them? The presence of their God just became, it was just something that's there. We expect it. Where they lost the awe and the wonder of their relationship with the one true God. So they were willing to entertain themselves with the things of this world and seek to break the common up with something new. And so they took matters into their own hands and introduced the uncommon of worldly lusts and idols into their lives and by so doing broke the commandments of their true God. Maybe the routine of serving Jehovah became so common to them that they lost the reverence of him in the common. I don't know if that's true. That's just me speculating. I do wonder if at times that we can get so comfortable in the common of our daily lives that we lose the awe and even the expectation of the uncommon in the common. We come in here each week and we expect this service to go like last week's service. We expect to sing a few songs, get some Holy Ghost goosebumps, hear the preaching of the Word, say a prayer, hoping that God hears us. You know, maybe He'll do a miracle in that person's life, but... I've been praying for this need now for quite some time, so we pray again for the need instead of coming expecting the answer, expecting the miracle no matter how many times I've prayed for the need, because praying and coming to God expecting to receive are two different things. But this service will be just like the last. I'll pray for someone to be healed, and it probably won't happen because it hasn't happened yet. I know it can happen, but the common routine is that it won't, so I will pray, but my expectation is a bit hindered by the common result of those prayers. Maybe there will be a guest or two. I, I didn't really expect those ones that visited last week to be back this week anyway, so I didn't even intercede or pray or declare anything from God's Word over them throughout the week. I hope they would be here, kind of but I didn't really expect to see them again. So I didn't pray for them. I didn't intercede for them. I didn't call God's blessing upon their life. And we expect this week to be like last week and the week before that and that and that. And we just expect the common. But God, 
but God. God has an appointed time for everything. And he wants to know if in the common we will still believe that the uncommon is possible. He wants to know if in the common we're still walking with our eyes open, able to see not only that the bush is burning, but also that something uncommon is happening in the midst of that bush. Because, because though that bush is doing something common, in the midst of the common, something uncommon is taking place because God does the uncommon in the midst of the common. In the midst of the common church service, God does the uncommon. In the midst of a common devoted Christian life, God does the uncommon in the midst of a common work or school day. God does the uncommon in the midst of a normal and what seems to be a, a common life of God. God does the uncommon. Amen. He does the uncommon in the midst of the common. And let me tell you something today. You're not common. You're not common. God didn't call you. God didn't fill you with his spirit. God didn't put his name upon you. He didn't wash you with his blood for you to be common, but so that you would be uncommon in this world. Because God, he is in you. You may think you're common. You may think your life is common. You may think your purpose is common, but you're not common. You are not common. You are not common. You are uncommon. You are a child of the most high God. You are called by the name of Jesus Christ. You are washed in his blood. You are his son and you are his daughter. You are the beloved of his eye. He cares for you. He loves you. His hand is upon you. His anointing is upon you. His purpose is upon you. And his purpose is not the common. You are not common. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people called to show forth the praises of the one that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are not common. You are not common you are uncommon and the God that operates in the uncommon in the midst of the common is for you he's for you he sees you he loves you he cares for you he's walking with you his hand is upon you he desires to be with you he sees you and he knows you and in the midst of what you see is your common life in due time if you faint not God is going to bring forth the harvest of the uncommon that you are going to reap for his glory so that he will be exalted and the world's going to see what God's doing in your life that common life that he did something uncommon in and they're going to repent and they're going to come to the fullness and the understanding of who our God is uh, he's going to do that in my life <laughs> greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world Matthew 118 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible <sighs> Matthew 118 Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Ah, what a my, mighty verse. What a powerful verse. It changed all of time and eternity. There's nothing new under the sun until God does it. 
Solomon had it wrong. There is new things. God does do something new under the sun. Amen. Hallelujah. If we expect it, we believe it, we step out in it, God can do something new in your life. He can do the uncommon from the common. There is nothing new under the sun until God does it. The people of Israel had not had a declared word from God for 400 years. But at the appointed time, God met with a common young lady in a common city, and he did the uncommon. Up until that point, childbearing was very common. Outside of Adam and Eve, everyone that had been born, I'm going to guess billions of people, took a man and a woman, coming together, creating a child. That's how it had been for thousands of years, thousands of years, the common. But in that common, what had been common for millennia, God did the uncommon, and the world's never been the same. Eternity's never been the same. And God in this last day is doing the uncommon with the common. No longer is it about the, the name of an individual. No longer is it about these certain individuals only that operate in the gifts of the Spirit and them and no more. No longer is it about who your mommy or your daddy was. No longer is it about the church that you grew up in or the ministry that you were saved under. God is only looking for faithful people. People that will be faithful in the common so that he can trust them to be faithful in the uncommon. And God is looking at us here in Goshen, Indiana, and he's looking at each one of you, child of God, saying, I, I, am, I have come with uncommon plans for your life. And you just may be looking at yourself, and you just may be looking at this church, thinking, can any good thing come from this? Can any uncommon thing come out of Goshen New Life? Can any uncommon thing come out of me? And God wants you to know today, I have plans for you. I have uncommon plans for you. I have great and mighty plans for your life that you can't even begin to even fathom right now. But if you will stay faithful in the common and you won't let yourself get stuck in the common, but keep your eyes open for the uncommon, he is going to reach into your life and release the uncommon of his glory through you. Oh, the prophet said, all, uh, all I see is the cloud the size of a man's hand. That's all I see is just the cloud the size of a man's hand. But then he went on to say, but I hear, but I hear, but I hear the sound of the abundance of rain coming. I might only see a little cloud in the distance, and that's not saying too much, but I believe that God's going to do something great. And out of what that little sign was, that little vision, that little, un that little common cloud, a deluge came and healed the whole land. What seems so common and so significant, the uncommon being, is being released from the common. Sir, ma'am, young person, you're not called to be common. <laughs> you were not created to be common. You were not saved to remain common. God wants to release the uncommon from the common in your life. God wants to move in the midst of your life, your daily life that seems so common to you at times. And he wants to do great and mighty works. 
It's all through his word. He declares it over and over and over. But am I expecting it? Am I willing to walk down the path that I walk every day? And if I see the uncommon, will I step from that path that's so comfortable and known into what he's calling me to do? Music, if you come, I'm about done, guys. 31 minutes, come on. For 400 years, there was no word from God. For 400 years, there was no open visitation of the people of Israel from God. For 400 years. Like, can you imagine that? Can you imagine? I can't even imagine going four days without hearing the voice of God. Four weeks. 400 years without hearing or experiencing God. That's like five to six generations of people that did not hear from or have a visitation from God because the people became comfortable with what should have been uncomfortable. They let what should have caused them to fall on their faces and cry out to God. The fact that they hadn't heard from God should have caused them to cry out to Him years earlier, generations earlier, Instead, it caused them to be comfortable, and it became common to them. They allowed not hearing from or connecting with God to become common to them. But even in the midst of what was common to them, in the midst of what should have never become common, at the appointed time, God brought the uncommon from the common. In this last day, the enemy would like nothing more than for the church of the living God to accept as common his lies that go straight against God's word. He would love for the church to become comfortable and to accept some things and to get comfortable with the common, to get comfortable not having the uncommon in our midst. We have to refuse to allow not praying to become common to us. We have to refuse to allow not praying to become common to us. And on the other hand, we have to refuse to allow our praying to become common to us. We need earth-shaking, devil-defeating, Holy Ghost fire, faith-filled prayers in our lives. Don't let your prayer become common. Don't let the time you spend with the Lord in relationship and in conversation just become common to you. Something that you just do here and there when it's time and when you're available and you can squeeze it in. Don't let this become something that's common to you. We have to refuse to not let, to not reading our Bible become common in our lives. We have to refuse to have common worship. We have to refuse to have common services. We have to refuse to have a common relationship with Jesus. We have to refuse to have a common discipleship process in our lives. We have to refuse to have common outreach in our city and schools. And we have to refuse to have common expectation and faith. Jesus said, greater works than these 
shall ye do. Greater works than the works that he did. He said we should be doing. Has it become common to us that we don't see that happening? And we just go through our days and we're like, well, this is what's common. And I'm comfortable, Lord. I'm comfortable that you're not moving in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm, I'm comfortable that your miracle signs and wonders aren't happening. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable that when I pray for the sick, they're not healed. Have we just become comfortable with that? Has it become the common? This world needs an uncommon church in this day. This world needs a church baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Your family, your workplace, your school, this city, this nation, this world needs a church that's on fire and they're hungering and they're seeking after God. They're seeking for the uncommon. Amen. We can't just be like the world and act like the world and, and just be okay with the world going to hell around us and just going through our lives with God's blessing all over us and we're just okay. It should stir my heart and it should stir your heart. I know broken people. I know hurt people. Am I just okay with those people walking by my life every day? Going into my workplace, going into the store, going into school. Just doing my thing. Walking my path that I've been walking for years. When God's got some burning bushes over here. And they're not just burned. They're not consumed. You know, what's your burning bush? I heard about a couple of people that were out doing outreach in their city. And they came up on a, uh, the EMTs had this dude and he was dead. Like he was zipped up and covered up, dead. And they asked, they said, can we pray for this guy? The dude's dead. They don't even know him. They don't even know these EMTs or anything. And he said that the EMTs probably thought that they were going to pray a blessing over the body. Those people laid their hands on that body. And they began to pray life into that body. And they began to pray healing into that body. And that man sat up and took a breath and came back to life. Blew them all away. What's your burning bush? Is it that guy at work causes you so much heartache and frustration? Can you love them? Can you show them the love of Jesus? What about all those kids in your schools? They're dealing with stuff. They need some hope in their life. Will you step off your path and see what God can do? What's your burning bush? I believe God's going to set a burning bush before each of you. Because they're everywhere. Are you going to be willing to step off and let God do something uncommon through you? Are you going to expect Him to do the uncommon? Even if you've never seen it before. I, I was down there in Brazil. I laid my hand on these kids' eyes. Their eyes didn't open. 
They didn't open. I'm going to still, if God puts that opportunity before me again, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to expect their eyes to open. Why don't we stand on our feet? I don't know where each of you are. I don't know what you're going through. But God does. And like I said, you're here for a reason. God brought you here with divine purpose. And I just believe God's spoken something to you wherever you're at. And I feel the presence of God in here. God's looking in this last day. He's not looking at pedigree. He's not looking at where you've been or where you haven't been, your fifth, sixth generation apostolic. He don't care about any of that. He does not care about that stuff. He's just looking for a heart and a person that'll be willing to step out and say, okay, God, here am I. God, I, I'm going to step out in faith. God, I don't see it. Oh, that's all right. I'm going to step out in faith again. I'm going to keep walking, and I'm going to keep believing, and I'm going to keep expecting you to move until I see it. Why don't you lift your hands for a moment? What's God speaking to you right now? What's God showing you right now? What, what have you come to accept as common in your life that you need to shake off? tell me this morning that he was going to have us pray for healings. So, I'm going to invite you to the front. If you have a need in your body, a need in your mind, a need in your spirit, God's going to set you free and heal you right now. Step out of the common. Come with expectation. We're not just praying. We're releasing miracles. Some of you battle stuff in your minds and your spirit. God wants to heal you today. You've been struggling. You've been battling with your walk with God to what he's calling you to do. God wants to heal you and set you free of that today. Now look, I'm not going to come down and pray. I want some of you to come forward. If you believe, if you can come with expectation and release a miracle into these people's life, I want you to come on up here.
I want us real quick before we start start praying and declaring the word I want us to repent I want you to repent of any doubt or unbelief in your heart let's do that right now we're not that's not just saying God I'm sorry that's removing it God I'm turning away from that I'm not going to allow it in my life I'm not going to allow it to affect me come on right now God forgive me Lord if I have any doubt if I have any unbelief in my heart right now, God, I pray that, God, you remove it from me, God. I remove And remove it out of my mind and remove it out of my thinking. God, release my faith and my expectation to come into contact with your word, God. And let your word, God, manifest in my life today in the name of Jesus. God, you said we would lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover. And not that they might recover, they shall recover, my God, you said that you would confirm your word with signs following, working with your church. Hallelujah, that the dead would be raised. God, by our prayers and the laying on of our hands, in the name of Jesus, I declare healing and I declare faith and I declare life in the name of Jesus.